News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, we are joined by the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. Uh, Minister, the uh, reports today that the Cabinet is due to discuss new uh, reception centres when it next meets. Uh, Can you tell us what the plans are in relation to that? Well, look, what Minister O'Gorman has said is that he is reviewing the white paper. The white paper outlines or has outlined in the past how we're going to respond um, to international protection, uh, how we can provide accommodation for those seeking international protection. um, And this review he'll be bringing in a couple of weeks. Um, So without, um, you know, getting into the detail of that, um, I think it's really important that we do have a government and a national response We've seen the number of people seeking international protection in this country increase significantly in the last two years alone. Uh, We're not alone. That's something that's happening right across Europe, right across the world. But we need to be able to respond in the most effective way possible. Um, We know that there are shortages of accommodation. Um, We know that it has been a challenge in the last two years. So this will be our response to make sure that no matter who is coming to this country seeking protection, that we're able to put a roof over their head, that we can then, through my department, process their application as quickly as possible. And if people have a right to be here, that we're fair with them, that we provide them with that protection. And if they don't, that we're firm and that they're asked to leave. So this is and will be, and obviously this is Minister O'Gorman's proposal, but this will be part of a suite of changes and measures that we as a government are putting in place to make sure that our obligation to those seeking international protection, that, that we can fulfil that obligation. Okay. Just briefly, one of the complaints I've heard people make is that we have a much lower rate of refusal of asylum seekers in this country than in other countries. Do you have any sympathy with that view? Well, I think there's a lot of information and misinformation out there, to be fair. Um, there's a suggestion that we have a, a significantly higher proportion of people seeking international protection here in Ireland. We don't, Simply no. not the case. Yeah. Uh, we, we represent about 1.3% of the European population. Our international protection figure is about 1.17. So while our numbers have increased significantly... Um, yeah, I is, think there's some, know, there's more to there's more to our rate of refusals, though. We do have a low rate of refusals relative to other countries. Well, we base each decision on each individual. So every person who comes here has an opportunity to make their case, to tell their story. And that's, you know, people need to be afforded that opportunity. Um, We have a rules-based system when it comes to immigration. So people apply for visas, they come here for work, for travel, for study, they go through a particular process. You seek international protection, you go through a particular process. There are two streams at the moment. You could say if you're coming from what is known as a safe country. So, for example, Georgia is designated as a safe country because we have, Mm. you know, we have looked at it and said, well, for the vast majority of people, they should not be getting international protection coming from this country. So those coming from safe countries are receiving their decision within less than three months. um, And the vast majority of those are being given uh, a refusal the longer term applications, those coming from other countries where there may be many issues and uh, many reasons for seeking international protection, that is uh, a somewhat longer process. However, we are increasing our times all of the time. So we okay. went from a position two years ago where we were processing 300 applications a month. We're now doing a thousand a month and actually will increase this year. So we're always trying to improve our system, make sure people get their decisions as quickly as possible. But everybody has, 
you know, everybody's unique. So we can't say why any one person okay, is getting okay. it over the other. We uh, have to assess them individually. A, a couple of quick uh, final questions on this uh, topic. Um, uh, as Justice Minister, have you any concern uh, concerns that we have yet seen no arrests in relation to the arson attacks uh, on accommodation centres? So the Garda Commissioner has assured me that there are a number of uh, significant investigations underway and I believe that we are probably not too far off from uh, potentially arrests or prosecutions happening. This is such such a serious situation. Arson is an extremely serious criminal offence. It carries a very severe penalty uh, and in no way should we be equating these two in the same conversation and that is the concern that I have here that people are trying to justify arson uh, around the debate of migration. Like let's talk about migration, let's mm. talk about the increased numbers, let's talk about our system, let's talk about the challenges that we face in all of our communities, but let's never justify what is an extremely serious act where people can be seriously injured or, you know, we don't know who could have been in any of those buildings that have been set alight to in recent uh, weeks uh, and in the last while. So I have every confidence in the Gardaí. There is uh, quite a significant uh, number of lines of investigation underway at the moment, particularly in the, the two cases that we saw over Christmas. And I have every every confidence that those who are responsible will be brought to justice. OK, uh, the Taoiseach and your party leader, Leo Varadkar, said uh, no one had the right to dictate who lived in their area. Yet the government backed down when it came to Carlo and to uh, Ballon Robe and basically said, actually, we're going to have families here, not um, not uh, uh, male uh, asylum seekers. Uh, you basically caved in as a government to what was happening in, in local communities. You allowed those people to exactly dictate who was living in their area. I wouldn't say that that's what's happened here at all, uh, to be quite honest. We have a limited supply of accommodation. Uh, we've always said that this is a challenge, particularly as I've mentioned earlier, the increase in numbers of those seeking international protection. The Minister for Integration has been clear and we as a government have been clear we need to house women and families first. And that even in itself has become even more challenging. And of course, if you have people setting light to accommodation, that's not going to encourage others to come forward. So we have a challenge here to put a roof over the heads of women, of families and, yes, men. So the decisions that have been taken are, is on that basis that we need to provide accommodation first for women and for families. And that is a challenge. Um, and it does mean that there are male applicants where we don't have accommodation for. And, I mean, we, we all know the weather, how it's turned in the last few days, and the last week. Nobody wants to see an individual, any person without a roof over their head, sleeping in a tent, sleeping rough. So we are doing everything that we can. So the response that you've seen in the last few days, it's us as a government, working with Minister O'Gorman, doing everything that we can to provide accommodation for people who need it. And I don't think there's a person out there who wouldn't say that that's the right thing to do. Uh, just finally on this, Sinn Féin says special status for Ukrainians uh, should be removed, that they should not be allowed automatically to remain in Ireland uh, after March of next year. Uh, do you agree? I don't. This decision has been taken. We've worked with our European colleagues to provide this protection. Uh, obviously, a number of changes are taking place at the moment, I think, to reflect where we are now, the types of supports that are being provided. But this war is still ongoing. Uh, there are people who need support and protection, and that's exactly what we will provide for them. Uh, Dublin City Council made the decision this week to close a laneway in Dublin's inner city harbour uh, court. I, I'm sure you're aware of this, uh, Minister. Are we ceding the streets to thugs, um, the streets that you, you, you have vowed to, to keep safe for our citizens? Are we ceding the streets to, uh, to, the, to those thugs? 
Well, I don't want to see any laneway closed. Uh, we have hundreds of laneways right across the city centre. This was a decision taken by Dublin City Council. This was in response to an ask from local businesses and, of course, local representatives had a part to play here. But let's be clear, safety in our city centre, it is a multi-response that's needed. So some of the issues and concerns raised were around illegal dumping, uh, around drug use. We need to look at spaces more generally. Do we have proper lighting? Do we have inviting spaces? What are we doing? And Dublin City Council themselves have their own policies on laneways, mm. how they can improve environments. From a policing side of things, of course, I am making sure that the Garda Commissioner has exactly what he needs to provide the response that people want. And I don't think there's a person who hasn't gone into the city centre in the last few weeks or months that would say that we haven't seen an increase. No, there's definitely more of a presence. But, uh, but, but ground. can I ask you just a straight question? Did, uh, were you disappointed at that decision to close the, the laneway? I regret that any laneway has to be closed, yes. Um, but this decision okay. was taken by Dublin City Council. Uh, this was flagged a number of months ago uh, and the decision was taken now. But I don't want to see that happening and I don't think it should be happening. Okay. We all have a responsibility here to do what we can to improve the overall environment that we live in, the overall environment in our city centre, policing is a part of it, but that's only one part of it. That's why the community safety partnership uh, that we're rolling out across the city centre looks at things like, you know, what are our plans for laneways, for lighting, for dereliction, for refuge collection, what type of vulnerable people do we have living in an area, what services are we providing for them? All of this has to be looked at in the whole. It is being done. So I obviously regret this decision. But at the same time, that's not to say this can't change. We can't turn things All around right. and work together to do that. Uh, Minister, um, you are busy uh, this week making a number of announcements. Just tell us what uh, you're going to be announcing in relation to child maintenance and funding for organisations supporting victims of crime. Earlier this week, uh, I announced a report that myself and my colleague, Mr. Humphreys, have been working on specifically looking at child maintenance. Um, it is unfortunately the case that we are seeing more and more one parent households uh, and where you have children in particular who are at risk of poverty or hardship. Child maintenance is so important. So it's really important that where a parent is required to pay child maintenance, that they do so. So the proposals that we are putting forward will look at a number of ways in which we can strengthen the system. We will put in place guidelines to assist not just the courts, but in particular to support families to come to their own private arrangements. We will strengthen attachment of earnings orders. So if people are working, if they're not, if they're in social welfare, that funding will come out of their earnings or else their social welfare package. And also we're looking at ways in which we can strengthen enforcement. So it's a suite of measures here. Mm -hmm. It's not all, um, you know, it, it's not all focused on the negative. There's a lot of measures there as well as to how we can actually work with families, support them, keep them out of the courts and help them to come to their own arrangements. And in terms of supporting victims of crime? Separate to that then, today I've announced 7.7 million euros worth of funding specifically for organisations that support victims of crime. So nobody wants to be a victim of a crime, but if and when it does happen, it is so important that the supports and the services are there to support people no matter what part of the country they're in, no matter what type uh, of crime they have been a victim of. We have fantastic organisations, national, more local, some that are specialised dealing with domestic or sexual violence, victims of theft or assault, you have family members who've lost ones to homicide. Uh, you have a range of different services. And so this funding will help them not only enhance the supports that they are already providing, but in many instances, it will allow them to fill gaps across the country where we don't have these type of supports. So really important that these organisations are supported in the best way that they can. Uh, and I hope that this increase in funding will do that. 
really importantly as well as the vast majority of the domestic and sexual violence services will now receive their funding through Cuin. This is the new domestic and sexual, the, the new domestic sexual and gender based violence agency that was established uh, that is now up and running since the beginning of the year. Uh, and I think that this is a really positive step forward, not just in this space, but coupled with other initiatives like supporting a victim's journey. It shows that we are trying to make a victim-centred criminal justice system. Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.